You are Locked On the NFL, your daily NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello, I'm Matt Williamson. This is the Locked On NFL Podcast. How is everyone this wonderful Thursday afternoon? Hope you're as well as I am. I just got back from Steeler Minicamp. We completed three days. Uh, My co-host Dale Lawley and I go in three hours a day. I know a lot of you listened. Good stuff. And because of that, like I mentioned, we have to change around our schedule slightly. Um, But I still have Mike Sando here. Mike, what's up, brother? Not too much. Good good to be here. Glad you got out to Steelers camp. Yeah. Uh, I've seen a couple camps here recently, too. And uh, it's just kind of a fun time of year when things slow down without slowing down. There's always a lot to talk about. Yeah, you're 100% right. Um, Folks, real quick, remember to get this show every day. Subscribe to Locked on NFL on the new Himalaya podcast app. They're good friends of the show. In in an ever-expanding podcast world, you need Himalaya when they're personally created playlists and new features every day. Download Himalaya at your app store and subscribe to Locked on NFL through them, please. So, Mike just put out an article, as he so often does. And I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it looks like you you kind of made a greatest hits album of all the quotes <laughs> and thoughts you got from around the league on seven of the most um, influential or most newsworthy teams of the offseason from start to finish. Yeah, usually we break them out all 32 at a time, and the rest of them will go next week. But we we decided, hey, let's, let's do a little tease here, you know, and, and it's a lot of stuff, even with just seven teams, you know, there's a good little amount on each each one. You're right. I sort of clean out the notebook. You know, I have a lot of conversations year round. I mean, I've in the last hour I've had one with a guy who's been a GM for a few years and we just, you know, I'm just always talking to people about things going around the league and uh, some of that makes it into the pieces and it's, I always find it fun. Yeah, yeah I'm sure. Uh, it's a great, great way source of information and myself and my listeners are lucky enough to, to hear it straight from the horse's mouth, so to speak. And, so some of these thoughts aren't not, aren't necessarily your own, but please chime in with any thoughts you might have. Um, Arizona's first on the list, and it mm-hmm. sounds like a lot of people weren't shocked by the Kyler Murray situation, and it sounds like most seem to be excited, at least, about the Kyler Murray-Cliff Kingsbury marriage. Yes, th- this was an offseason not to love a lot of the way through. You know, just the hiring of Kingsbury by itself, you know, some people like him, but you're not you're not feeling you're not feeling like this is for sure a hit. And some of the moves in free agency too, you know, mm-hmm. signing some older veteran players, but I think when you sort of begin the offseason with uh Kingsbury and then you follow through with Kyler Murray, I think the the Murray Kingsbury thing gives you something to build around now and gives you a little bit better vision of uh, the future for Arizona. And you go, okay, yeah, I can understand that. Yeah. I've been saying all along, like, I think this would be the best team for hard knocks. Like they're going to be the new Browns in a way, super interesting, a lot of big personalities, but there was a quote here that I thought was worth noting is, wouldn't it be interesting if they had a new GM with Kingsbury and Murray, which I can see that logic. I mean, if you're going to do it, let's, do it for real. Let's clean house. And then you kind of alluded to it as well. Brooks Reeds is 32 years old. Alford is 30. Suggs is 36. Charles Clay is 30. J.R. Sweezy's 30. Even Gilbert, the right tackles, up in age and injury prone, as is Sweezy. I get that you had a million holes to fill and you want to get some high character guys. But when you're two and ten, you know, I, I think a GM said something like, "Well, how do you go talk to Suggs when you're two and ten? 
<laughs> yeah, when, exactly. When you know when the ESPN probability thing comes out and says you have an eight percent chance of making the playoffs, you know, <laughs> and those right. guys are seeing that in the locker room. Um, yeah, how do you go? But on the flip side of that, I mean, the defense of Steve Kim and those guys on that is um, you had to fill out the roster with somebody, right? And this roster needed a lot of work, so. Um, you know, they went and got some guys that at least can patch for now, and you're still going to have to build through the draft long term. They do have some, you know, some offensive players they took in the draft this year. You can't do it all at once. Um, and, you know, that's the flip side of it. But you're right. I mean, uh, they had a lot of work to do, and you can't do right. it all. You can't do it all at once, you know, so you get your coach and quarterback and move on from there. Yeah, and it's a good start, assuming you hit on those guys. Do you get the impression, or I'm not sure when the timeline was you talked to all these people, do you think they had an, an inkling that the Patrick Peterson suspension was going to come down when they signed Alford and drafted, you know, Murphy early in the second round, or were they doing that anyways? Um, it sounds like they knew for a little while. I doubt they knew it back when they signed Alford. Yeah, um, it's, po- it's possible, but uh, um, it, you know, I think the whole Peterson situation has felt weird for a while anyway. You know, with he's been unhappy. There's obviously something going on behind the scenes there. Maybe they they needed someone opposite him anyway, and they could also be thinking longer term, like, you know, what is the future for him there? You know, mm-hmm. would they consider making a move, moving him at some point? Yeah, if you can get picks and you know you're not going to win this year and the trade deadline rolls around, you know, I mean, that could certainly be a, a logical conclusion there. <laughs> I mentioned the Browns before. They're next on your list. And even without a first-round pick, they're a very interesting offseason, to say the least. Trade for Odell in itself puts you in that category. But you made an obvious parallel here between what the Rams were doing recently, collecting big-name guys like Peters and Tlaib <laughs> and Sue, and Brandon Cooks fits that mold, and the Browns. But it kind of sounds like people are worried that the Rams had a much better foundation to pull that, you know, way, yeah. way off, you know? Well, they, they were 11 and five. Sean McVay was, you know, only a first year coach, but he was established. He had 11, five season, I believe. And, and was hot. He, he, you know, he was proven and they had Wade Phillips, by the way, remember a lot of those guys they brought in were defensive guys. And you got Wade Phillips, who's been doing this for 50 years and knows mm. how to handle personalities. So I think the issue with, uh, Cleveland is everything's new. Um, you know, the ownership in Cleveland is not as good as it is in almost anywhere, you know, especially or the and let alone the Rams. I mean, that guy, that ownership could could decide to make a move at any time. Right. I mean, they're not going to they're not in this. They haven't shown their long haulers, you know. So, um, you know, then you bring in guys like. Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry, who sort of for better, you know, were, were out there welcome a little bit. Uh, where they were before, even though they were highly productive players. And then you've got this exciting young quarterback who seems like the type of guy who can handle all that. I mean, he's definitely an alpha <laughs> alpha dog, but um, it's just a lot. There's a lot going on there um, that could go right or wrong in a, in a major way. Yeah, a couple things just from your, your article. Beckham, Kareem Hunt, Sheldon Richardson, all relatively mm-hmm. new guys of the team. They've all been suspended before. Um, you know, a, half, a glass half full version of some of the new acquisitions are their big personalities, but they've never dealt with expectations before. First time head coach. And there's a quote in your article from an executive. It says, I think whatever success they will have will be fleeting. Yeah, that that really struck me when wow, that yeah. guy said that I was like, 
you know, that's a it's sort of a good way of putting it. It feels like all of these guys are not necessarily all for the long haul or it's not going to all work out, you know. Um, now, I think Baker Mayfield's going to work out, so they've mm-hmm. got that. And that that's that, my comeback to that line would be they got Baker Mayfield. So some of those other pieces, you're right, will change. But they change on other teams, too. So. Right, right, right. It's just new <laughs> you, for you know, Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? So, um it's an, I think it's an interesting comment. I don't know that it's... Uh, I feel like it's 75% accurate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hear what you're saying. And you kind of mentioned this before. Baker is an alpha, and if anyone can handle it, I think that he's a great young guy to do it. But if he can't, holy smokes. Yeah. Yeah. No yeah. doubt about it. Yeah. yeah. And when you hold over the coach, you have your reasons for doing that. When you, you know, that felt like, hey you had something good going with your young quarterback. You want to kind of keep it going. You, um, you know, you didn't want to tick off the quarterback with someone else, but our, you know, he has to prove as a head coach that he can take control of everyone else and not have it be the other way around. So we don't know that he may, he may be a great coach. I mean, he seems like a great guy. (laughs) I mean, did tremendous Uh, things with the offense when he took over, but it's, it's sort of like, you know, if you had told me a year ago that, hey, um, Freddie Kitchens is going to be the next head coach of the Browns, you'd go, what? You know, you wouldn't have seen that coming. So no. why is it a thought? Why is it? Why do you not say that now? Yeah, great point. Uh, folks, today's show is brought to you by Grip6, where their goal is literally to make the best belt that's ever been made. Grip6 is an easy, thoughtful gift for dads, brothers, husbands, uncles, grandpas, even moms and wives. See their women's collection. Ultra lightweight with no holes, no flap. It carries a low profile with the buckle laying flat against the waist, making the belt super comfortable. Uh, Grip 6 is the only belt with no holes, no flap, and no bulk. Grip 6 has a special offer for you at grip6.com slash lock, L-O-C-K-E, for our founder, David Locke. Um, We had talked about the Browns, and their GM comes over from Kansas City, and we're seeing some of the wake, possibly, of his decisions to take potentially suspect character guys. Hunt is out. (laughs) The Hill situation is gigundous. And I think there's a lot of change in Kansas City. I can see why you'd pick them as one of your seven. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know they've got Patrick Mahomes, so it may none of this may matter. They may be fine. I know there's a I think Mike Clay, my colleague, had a piece on ESPN today you know, five reasons why they could miss the playoffs. I don't quite go that far. You know, I, I think that they're they're just exceedingly different for a team that was one, you know, maybe one play away from the Super Bowl last year um, with a bunch of young, seemingly cornerstone players um, on the team, some of them who aren't going to be there. You know, Tyreek Hill may not be there. Um, obviously, Kareem Hunt was already gone, but D Ford is not there. And then, you know, veteran players, Eric Berry, Justin Houston, not there. So they've really, they've told me, they've told us just like sort of green Bay, green Bay's moves tell us that they thought McCarthy was the problem, right? Cause they didn't do anything on offense. They just right, got a right. new coach. And I feel like Kansas city's moves largely tell us that they thought Bob Sutton was the problem, right? I mean, they got rid of him as a D coordinator. They're bringing in a whole new scheme defensively on a team that, like I said, it was knocking at the door right there near near championship level. I mean, that's just doesn't happen that often. And um, I I kind of give them credit for 
for daring to do it. Um, and then I would also say they probably can't be much worse on defense. Very good point. I mean, it's funny you brought up the Packers because I've often said Aaron Rodgers is the NFL's greatest deodorant. And maybe that's now Mahomes. And we've seen yeah. it over the years. And if anybody's going to be that guy, it absolutely could be him mixed with Andy Reid. But I also looked yep. at the Chiefs one year ago and thought, man, they're going to be the most fun team in the league. They're going to be super volatile. There'll be massive highs, massive lows. And we just didn't see many lows. I just wonder if they're coming. I mean, I'm the biggest Mahomes fan in the world, but is he going to make two more errors a game and and pay for one of them? You know what I mean? Yeah, I I think it's a small concern. You know, Mm -hmm. I I just think he showed so much that wasn't... um, So many great things, a feel for the game, you know, just... Just the little things were there for him way more than even people who liked him thought they would be right. in the first year. So it wasn't yes. young Favre who was just a crazy yeah. man, and there's still more mistakes. There was it was an yeah. amazing feel and knowledge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To where you know he's probably going to keep getting better. The experience will get better. I think defense. You know, other teams will adjust, and but Andy Reid's adjust too, you know, he, he's ahead sure. of people. He, he, you've got a dream marriage and you mentioned Favre. Well, when Favre was with Mike Holmgren, I mean, that's now you got the best play caller with the best, uh, quarter, most talented quarterback. And it feels like Andy Reed and Mahomes are that with none of the downside that Favre brought, you know, I mean, Favre right. early in his career was, you know, alcohol Wild and stallion, killers. Yeah. You know, I mean, he, he had, he was showing up late for practice, you know, mm-hmm. um, Mahomes just seems like, I mean, Matt, what would you change about him? Is there anything? Yeah, it's a what thing. You, like, about him? you mentioned, oh, defensive coordinators are studying. I'm like, great. I mean, what are they going to do? <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're going to seek counseling after they're <laughs> right, studying. You know? Right, they all said. <laughs> so, I mean, just think of that. What would you change about Mahomes? Uh, not a thing. Can you come up with three things you change? It's like, no. no, I'd just make three of them so they could be on the other teams too. <laughs> yeah, right. Just keep it rolling. Speaking of rolling, yeah. I mean, I, I guess the Patriots have to be on your list. They're almost to the point to me, and this sounds rough and it's bad for you know drawing up business and people to listen. I don't even want to talk about the Patriots anymore because all I say about them are things like, boy, their roster's worse than ever. Yeah. They're going to miss this guy, and then they win the yep. Super Bowl. Like, I'm <sighs> done. I felt that too, Matt. I felt that when I was writing this. I like got to I I did them last. I was like, <laughs> I bet. Like, we'll do that I, tomorrow. It's like. Yeah. What do you even say? Right. And you have a great you know, list here. Kraft and losing um, people off their staff. A Chiano, Gronk, Flores, Gronk Flowers. retires, Trey Flowers leaves. Right. And I'm like, oh, by the way, they're six to one favors to win the next Super Bowl. Right. You know? right. <laughs> like, let's say all those things happen to the Bengals or the Bears or anyone else in the league. It'd be like, holy smokes, what a disastrous offseason. And we're both sitting here like, ah, it's boring. They'll handle it. Belichick will do no big deal. Oh, by the way, they bring in a ton of rookies. They get their rookie first-round pick offensive lineman back, too. So the yeah. it, it just is constantly changing, but I feel like I'm just done analyzing this team. Yeah. Yep. Well, the thing we just need to ask is, okay, is this the year that it's you know, the end and it falls off? And I, I think that they I think that they can be good again another year. And um, part of it is the division is complicit. Yeah. And I, I don't see anyone quite ready to, you know, to, to overtake them um, there. So, you know, they probably get their 10 or 12 wins, depending how it goes, and see you in the playoffs.
Yeah, and I did think Brady's tape last year was more concerning than it's been in the last 15 or whatever. I mean, but yeah. am I going to sit here and say, oh, the end is near? No way am I saying that. Yeah, he's got to have at least another good year, right? He's going to be good. So Yeah, yeah absolutely. We, I think we can move on from them. Yeah, let's move on. Let's take a quick break and we'll finish this up. Um, this is fun because there, there's two more teams on here. or three more teams on here. We'll be back here in a moment. Um, both the New York teams are on your list, and the Giants are a team I've sort of talked to death. And I really, I agree. you know, I mean, I don't want to harp there too much. I don't think Jones would have been my quarterback. I think Gettleman really hurts his case when he goes to the podium. And if he would handle that with a little more couth, people would understand. Um, but I kind of get what they're doing. I mean, I think Jones's landing spot is strong. I, I get that people will say, how can you trade a pass rusher for a guard? Well, that guard's pretty darn good. You know, I mean, I, I get some of the metrics don't tell you those things, but uh, yeah. let's see. I mean, uh, I'm not ready to, to me, crush them yeah. yet. So the the number one criticism, uh, I thought the most the most interesting criticism was you're you're basically getting rid of players and replacing them with the same thing. You know, so you're that was good, yeah. You're you're chasing off Snacks Harrison, trading them for fifth round pick, and then you. Trade for a first round pick and take Dexter Lawrence, <laughs> who's who's good. I mean, nothing against him. I sure, mean, but, he's younger and but, he maybe he's more athletic. But they're you know similar. you're you're letting Landon Collins going and acquiring Jabril Peppers. Mm-hmm. You know you're you're uh, <sighs> you trade Vernon for Zeitler. I know they're not the same, but still, I mean, I, I get what you're saying. Like, yeah, and then you know some other. I thought another good thing is like, hey, you just you don't trade away. You don't get rid of difference makers. You know, and I understand though. You know that Beckham comes with some other stuff too. I, I know teams that were in that trade market who decided not to do it. You know, they just mm-hmm. didn't, wasn't worth bringing into their team after they did their research. So, um, but at the same time, you lost a really elite playmaker. So you did. I think the criticisms of the giants are fair. Um, but now that they've taken Jones, um, you know, at least they've done that a year late. Right. I, I think the criticisms are over the top, especially leading into the draft. But it's the Big Apple, and it's a big-profile team, and you traded Odell Beckham. And for their sake, I hope Jones hits. I just don't think he's the prospect you should have taken. And that's yep. gonna be, and that's when the, what the, the offseason will really be remembered for, I think, when it's all said and done. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Uh, and, and Odell reminds me a little, not to the degree of craziness, but another old-school franchise trades Antonio Brown. You know, like, yeah. eh, sometimes these guys got to go, and, and we'll get to the Steelers last, but in between here we have the Jets, and they're in the news, I mean, for all the GM talk, and what I like that you said here is, I'm pulling it up here, is something along the lines of when you decide to spend in free agency, you don't really get a choice of what you can go after. You know what I mean? Like you have yeah. to, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. They had set themselves up. It's like, hey, all this cap space, we're going to be aggressive, and that's fine. Except everybody thought it was a horrible free agent class, even by free agent class standards, because teams are better about signing the guys they really want to keep. And so now you're out there, and it's like, well, who are the best players? You know, well, it's C.J. Mosley and Le'Veon Bell, good players, but you just paid seventeen million dollars a year for C.J. Mosley. Yeah, that no one would wow, say that right. that's a good strategic decision, and and so the contrast I mean, he's gonna is, get cut in a year or two. He, yeah, the contrast is Indy had a lot of cap room too, and that's one of the things before free agency. One of my in my piece coming out of the combine was like, look, 
don't whisper the Jets and the Colts in the same breath because Chris Ballard's going to make valuations as if he had an average amount of cap space. The cap space isn't going to drive him to make decisions. And I think what happens in, in free agency is you're like, okay, what's you know what should we pay? What, how far are we willing to go on C.J. Mosley? Is it th- are we 13 million? Well, shoot, you know what? We got all this money. Let's we'll go to 17 and make sure we don't lose them, mm-hmm. right? And that's bad business. And maybe the GM but, was trying to save his job, which didn't absolutely. help her. Yeah, you know, right? Yeah. Do you think he was? He was trying to. Sure. For, for people said they were spending like Mike McKagan has to save his job. We're right. He didn't have to save his job. And it still didn't work. And now. It still didn't work. You know, if you're Gase, you're sitting there thinking, I've got a little bit of job security. I'm thinking big picture. You know, don't go spending all this crazy money. It's not Monopoly money. I'm thinking bigger picture while you're yeah, just trying to gr- hang on by a string. That's rough, man. T- t- to me, the great part of the Jets' offseason is that uh, they can now get the GM head coach thing to be a great fit and on yeah, the same right, timeline. Right. You know, I think that's always hard when you have a guy who's barely keeping his head above water in McKagan, right? I mean, he's he, he, he's down to his last legs, and the new coach comes in, and you're on a different timeline. I mean, that happened to some degree with them with Idzik and Ryan. Yeah, Idzik came in and wanted to you know, get the cap in order and a bunch of long-term stuff, and Rex was trying to win. Well, that, that that doesn't work. That's, un, that's unfair to both those guys. Going you know, two different tracks here. Yeah, yeah, two different tracks. So if you can get somebody, and I'm not opposed to having the head coach, you know, participate in the hiring of the GM. I think you need those guys to fit well together. Um, if they get that right and get a good fit, they could be in way better shape than they were in two months ago. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I do think there's a lot of positives coming out of this organization. Uh, some of your words, not not someone from the league, were. The Jets led the league in guaranteed money committed to free agents, which carries its own downside, specifically that when you're determined to spend in free agency, you're at the mercy of what's available. And that's what I was getting at yep. earlier. Like, okay, yeah. we're going to spend, yeah. but on who? Yeah, we're going to spend, but on who? So, yeah. um, yep, I, I uh, don't like what they spent. And especially if Gase didn't want Le'Veon Bell, that makes it an awkward marriage. So. It does. Um, we shall la- see. Last Jets note, and I just haven't mentioned this to you, is Adam Gase, you can say what you want about him, but he won seven games last year with Miami with basically a roster that we all think is going to pick in the top one or two. I mean, it's not much different. It's a, quote, tanking-type roster. He got the team to the playoffs, what, two years ago. Like, if you give him players, he might be a good coach. I know. I still <laughs> yeah. trying to figure out how they won half those games. You know, and I, I don't yeah, know right. if that was fluky or sustainable. I was at the game against New England, you know, where they had Gronk come back on the coverage team or whatever. But uh, they did have miracle wins. I don't know. Is that does the coach get credit for that, or did he just benefit from it, or is it a little bit of both? But um, I think it's safe know, I, to say, though, in Miami, he got more wins than his rosters yeah. would indicate. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. So you know, and I and I don't think that. You know, he hasn't had a young quarterback like this, you know, right. uh, like point. Darnold. So I'm sort of excited to see that. You know, I think it was hard to give Gase his due when Peyton Manning was there, you know, in Denver. That's hard. to. How do you know? I think he did some nice things. It was probably underrated. I mean, certainly the use of formations looked different. You know, they were much less static than they were with the Colts. And I think Gase probably deserves more credit than he gets, but it's still Peyton Manning, right? Mm-hmm. And Peyton Manning's basically a coach on that team. So then you go to you go to Miami, and it's Tannehill, and he's not healthy. And so, they didn't have a quarterback last year. They got seven wins. Yeah, <laughs> you know? exactly. I mean, so 
so, you know, I think it's a truer test of this is a better opportunity or just a, a better chance to see what Gase is about and what value he might be able to add to a quarterback to give him someone like Darnold who, yeah, he didn't draft him, but you could say he probably would be in favor of drafting him. Right. I'm sure he's excited to work with him and might be the right yeah. guy to really cultivate him. Uh, the Steelers are the last team. Um, they've been talked a lot too, especially by me, so I'm not going to chime in all that much. But some themes here are... Mm-hmm. And I very much believe we'll look back at Steeler history and go, the 2019 offseason was a turning point, right or wrong, for this organization. Um, but basically, they chose Roethlisberger over A.B. and Bell. Sounded like a lot of that was mostly positive from your sources. Um, it looks sounds like there's some concern with, is this organization too old school? And, and you know, ownership has switched a little bit. Ownership has switched a little bit. It yeah. was funny, though. I was talking to a different uh, uh, former GM today. Obviously, those quote, his comments aren't in the piece. But he said, you know what? I think they're going to look back on this offseason and say they got their culture back to steal their culture. I, I, think, I think that that's what the, is going to be the takeaway from this. So that's a, that's a fair point. You know, I just Mike, real quick, like I've sat down with Ramon Foster the last days, J- yeah. James Conner, and just being down there, you're hearing a lot of people saying things like, uh, no distractions, leadership, unprovoked, you know, like there's a lot more. Yeah. You can tell the guys that aren't there, you know what I mean? And Absolutely. Right. And in their draft too, you know, taking that, yes. hit, you know, getting the Ryan Shazier replacement in the draft, um, just what he's made of and the character that he seems to have, um, we should help him on that side of the ball. So I think there are, I think they're actually in a good spot. You know, they, it's, there's been a lot of negativity and everyone's excited about Cleveland. Right. And in They're reality, in that, that division, yeah, you know, what's going to happen? I think Baltimore's not going to get better uh, this year. And, you know, we'll see. Cincinnati might, but I don't think they're going to go to the top of the mountain. And Cleveland could go either way. And in the end, I think, and this I may have mentioned this in there, the Steelers may have the highest floor in that division. <laughs> I think so, too. Yeah. So, I mean, um, look, it'll be a six win team. I, I have a hard time seeing that. I do too. Yeah. I do too. So, yeah, we'll find out a little bit. If it's all about Ben, maybe we'll find out what Ben's all about. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it'll be a very pivotal time in his career too, because no more distractions. It is your team. Get back to playing smart football. And I think the defense will be noticeably better. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, Wayne, what what an eventful off season. I mean, it was painful at times, but maybe they come out of it feeling a little bit better about things. And just, it, I think there's I a live, sigh you know, of relief you, almost. Yeah, you live in that area. You know, I live in the Seattle area, and I feel like they sort of feel like the headaches are sort of gone too. They didn't really have anything on that big of a level. But you know, they're old Thomas and Richard Sherman. Uh, those guys that sort of run their course, and you know, you out with the old. You're you're better with those guys from a talent standpoint, but. It, you get to a point too where it sort of feels good to have a young team again, you know? And, yeah, right. Yeah, and, and not so, be in dire straits. I mean, it's not like boy, the yeah. the, the, the ceiling just fell on your head. Um, Mike, yeah, you got quarterbacks. Good. Yeah, you, you got, got quarterbacks, right? You got quarterbacks and yeah. coaches you trust and stability and ownership and yep. a, a culture, like you said. Um, yep. Mike, this is great. So I urge everyone to go to ESPN.com, read this article, start to finish on these seven teams, and the other twenty-five will be coming out soon. Correct. Yeah, well, I think we'll get them rolling next week. So Awesome. And you and I should be able to talk next week, too. Good stuff. Yep. Th- thanks so much, bud. And, folks, okay, I will see you later. Over and out. Yep.